everybody, welcome to a brand new odd episode of That's Odd. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Townsend, and with me as always is my good buddy, Chris Chavez. What's up, dude? What's going on, man? How's it going? Oh, dude, I'm back. We're excited. I'm, I'm excited to be back on the show uh, for this week because... I have a fun start. Well, I don't want to say fun. It's kind of macabre to say fun, but there's just <laughs> yeah, so like you told me the basis of yours, and fun would not be the first word I would use to. Well, explain. I was going to say the reason I'm excited <laughs> is because we didn't cover it, so it's it's an exciting um, when you have a story to bring to the table that you hadn't talked about before. Because a lot of times, I don't know for you, dude, and I know there there's uh, all kinds of stuff we could get into for the kinds of topics we talk about, but sometimes it just feels like it's 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 kind of hard to figure out what I want to talk about or find a good topic um, that's just enough for this show and not too much info for something that would be better on our other podcast, the regular version of History Creeps. Yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, sometimes I find stories and I'm trying to decide which one that would fit best on. Yeah. This one was very much um, one of those, the one I'm going to do today. Uh, so much so that I had to go back because, like I said, the one I have to do uh, today has to do with an axe murderer. And on History Creeps, episode five, we talk about four different axe murder um, mysteries or stories from history. And this was not included. And I was telling you right before we started recording, I can't believe that I hadn't come across this story in the first place. Um, it's really strange. Uh, but then I found out why I had never heard of it and why most of Americans hadn't heard of it. So we'll get to that when, when we start the story. But um, how about for you? How you doing, dude? I'm doing really good. I got a, a really... this. <laughs> I was going to say fun, too, but I don't know if I should. Because <laughs> it gets pretty strange on my end, too. Uh, I'm really excited about this. I'm very... I'm very, very uh, stoked to hear whatever yours is. You you told me that it's one that you hadn't heard of before. Yeah. And even though we actually did an episode on axe murders. So that's this has got me really intrigued. Yeah, and I can't I don't, wait to hear what it is. I don't remember you bringing it up yourself because I remember back, th- back in those early days of History Creeps, we both used to come with stories just like we do for That's Odd. Uh, however, it was a longer format. We came with two stories each. Uh, and yeah. I don't remember you mentioning having come across this story at all either. Um, but I think, like I said, uh, you'll see why, because there's another something that happens in history that overshadows this. Uh, oh, so, okay. yeah, it, it's one of those things that goes to the back of people's memories and they don't really remember it until people start digging and, and bringing it to the surface and saying, hey, remember when this happened? Uh, but before we do that, I wanted to ask you something. There was okay. an update in the news recently. Do you want to bring that up here or on History Creeps? Because I believe your story was on on this show. Uh, I thought it was on History Creeps. Oh, was it on History Creeps? I think so. Oh, it was a current creep, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, yep. guess what, listeners? You'll have to listen to the next episode of Current Creeps because... <laughs> That's a little tease. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's an update, <laughs> and it's a great update. Update. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. You want to just get into our show today then, dude? Let's do it. Jump in. All right, man. You want me to... I think I'll go first uh, because we both said ours are in the 1800s. However, mine's a little earlier, so I'll jump in. Um, as always, dude, sometimes I write my own notes. Sometimes I write my own uh, you know, narration. Uh, if I find a good news article online, that's what I use for my, for my, my presentation. And that's actually what I'm going to do today. There was an article written by uh, Sonia Vitomsky uh, from Mental Floss. You ever go on that website, Mental Floss? Every once in a while, I do. And they always come out with these like really cool, quirky stories, things you never heard of before. That's not where I heard of this, but I actually found this article in researching it and found it to be very concise, very well written. All the information you want to hear uh, packed into what would fit into my half of 
that's odd. So I was like, I'll use this instead. So are you ready to hear about um, the servant? Now, here's the thing. I think I called it the servant girl murders when I told you that's what I was going to cover this week. Um, yeah. However, it goes by a slightly more colorful term, uh, the servant girl annihilator. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's like that's like a pro wrestling character. And it's just sounds, the annihilator. <laughs> yeah, right. It sounds absolutely <laughs> horrible. Um, and it was actually coined by a very w- well-known author, that term. Uh, but I'm going to jump right into it. So how the servant girl annihilator terrorized the 1880s Austin, Austin, Texas. Uh, before Jack the Ripper stalked the streets of London, another midnight murderer was prowling halfway across the world. In Austin, Texas, an individual who became known as the Servant Girl Annihilator was responsible for the deaths of eight people between late 1884 and Christmas Eve 1885. Before I move forward, uh, had you heard about this, Johnny? I don't know yet. Okay. So far, I, I can't say I can place it. All right. So attacking victims in their beds and then dragging them outside to mutilate their bodies, the killer eluded police private investigators and mobs of civilians who took to the unpaved streets of the newly settled Austin in anger and panic. He, eyewitnesses claimed it was a man, has been called America's first serial killer and his crimes remain unsolved to this day. And I would like to add remain unknown uh, technically, and I'll tell you why. Because of that beginning part right there, Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper, as we know, was um, one of London's most notorious serial killers and he his when he started killing people was about the 1890s wasn't it 1889 1890 somewhere in there Um, somewhere in that era if i'm thinking right yeah yeah. so this is why you don't really hear about this because his story became world known everyone knew jack the ripper yeah to this day to this day they still talk about that one I don't think have we covered it on our show yet? No, man. We're gonna be we're gonna have to do a special. That's a heavy, yeah. That's a heavy hitter. Yeah, it's a big um, one. You know that kind of reminded me. You know when two events happen, one always seems to overshadow the other. Uh, kind of like, like kind of uh, like Armageddon and Deep Impact. Yeah, very similar. <laughs> I was gonna use a real example. I said, uh, uh, you remember when um, Michael Jackson passed away? Yeah, yeah. Like right before he did, Farrah Fawcett passed away. Oh, that's right. That and is people right. rarely even remember that because Michael Jackson passed away that same day, if I'm thinking right. No, you're right. I think you're right. The, yeah. the day or the day before, but right in that same time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's see. Moving forward here. Uh, the killer's first victim was Molly Smith, a young black cook discovered in the snow near her employer's home on December 30th, 1884. She was discovered with a gaping axe wound in her head. She had also been stabbed in the chest, abdomen, legs, and arms, creating such a large pool of blood, she appeared to almost be floating in it. Wow. Yeah, after that, another cook, black uh, black cook, Eliza Shelley, was found on May 7th, 1885, so about two and a half months later. Uh, her head was nearly split in two with an axe. The Annihilator's choice of target and his modus operandi were becoming apparent. He would leave the axes uh, at the scene of the murder. That was one of the things I read in, in researching this story. But when he would kill these people, he would leave the axes behind. So it's not like he was bringing an axe around with him. Um, let's see here. Irene Cross, a servant and the third black woman targeted by the Annihilator, was attacked on May 23rd. So just a couple of weeks later, she was stabbed multiple times with a knife and practically scalped. Yeah, it was around this time that the short story author O. Henry gave the killer his nickname, 
he wrote in a, a May 1885 letter to his friend Dave Hall, quote, The town is fearfully dull, except for the frequent raids of the servant girl annihilators who make things lively during the dead hours of the night. Now, note, he said annihilators with an S because for a little while, people were starting to think this couldn't just be one man doing this. Uh, it had to be a, a gang of men or, or a gang of criminals or, or you know, some some of these uh, the dregs of society passing through town have decided to to you know make their way with some of these women. Um, so for a while, people thought it was more than one man, uh, and then again, popular you know belief turned to get that turned to the idea that one man was doing it. Uh, the spine tingling moniker was perhaps a bit of a stretch, however. Only the first few to die were servant girls. The next victim, 11-year-old Mary Ramey, was dragged outside and into a wash house, raped and stabbed through the ear on August 30th. The following, That's horrible. Yeah, she, it was an iron rod that they found jabbed into her skull through her ear. She was, she was only 11? 11 years old, man. Wow. Yeah, the following two victims were a pair of sweethearts, Gracie Vance and Orange Washington. On September 28, 1885, they were found with their heads bludgeoned. According to a report in the Austin Daily Statesman, Gracie was almost beaten into a jelly. Like this mm. guy was an like the term annihilator is perfect. You know, it yeah, it works. fits. It definitely fits. Yeah. So the crimes were escalating. On Christmas Eve of 1885, he committed two separate crimes in entirely different locations. And unlike all the other previous victims, these two women were white. Susan Hancock quote, described by one reporter as one of the most refined ladies in Austin, and 17-year-old Eula Phillips both murdered in their homes. Susan's head was cleaved in two just before midnight on Christmas Eve, and her wounds showed that something sharp and thin had been stuck through her right ear into her brain. Eula's life ended around an hour after Susan with, uh, was discovered in the early morning of Christmas Day. Once again, her head had been crushed by an axe. A writer for the Fort Worth Gazette reported that she lay on her back, her face upturned uh, in the dim moonlight with an expression of agony that death itself had not erased from the features. She had been raped and her arms were pinned down by timber. So, abs okay, I'm going to continue here. It says, absent in every other killing, the wood pieces brought up a terrifying possibility. True, the lumber could be attributed to an opportunist, the annihilator operating in a booming city filled with construction sites. But still people wondered, what if another killer was at work? Did Austin perhaps have multiple serial killers on the loose? Because they had never had somebody pinning a woman down with lumber pieces. And at the time, there wasn't a phrase for serial killing. It wasn't coined until much later. Uh, fingerprinting and blood typing hadn't even been invented yet. So there was no worry when he left all these things behind. Uh, the wood lumber, the, the axe, these things. Yeah. And people are freaking out. So much so, like, they are calling for... Uh, an overthrow of the local government because they feel the local government is not protecting them, is not doing what they need to do. And it's not like the cops weren't trying to catch people. They, it, It's well reported that over 400 men were arrested in, in 1885 under suspicion of being the annihilator. Boyfriends, ex-boyfriends, um, anyone that was connected to any of these women who were brought in for questioning, a lot of them held and arrested um, that last story, the uh, what was her name, Eula Phillips, her husband was arrested. They thought that he killed her because she had been cheating on him. She had been meeting a man uh, basically at a whorehouse um, constantly for months and months and months. And they thought they it was thought that the husband found out and ended up killing her. Uh, but then they let him go because 
um, there was not enough evidence or something like that. I can't remember what the, the idea was. But in total, the body count was eight, uh, eight bodies, six women, the 11-year-old girl, and the man. Um, again, they never caught anybody because right after Eula Phillips was killed, the murder stopped. Not another person murdered. They, couldn't, they, they never caught the person. So there's several uh, theories that exist about the real identity identity of the murderer and the abrupt to his killing spree. One possibility is that he was a Malaysian cook named Maurice working at, per- at the Pearl House Hotel in Austin. Maurice told acquaintances that he planned to travel by ship to London and left town in January 1886, several weeks after the servant girl murders ended. Uh, there's a quote here. It says, A strong presumption that the Malay was the murderer of the Austin women was created by the fact that all of them, except two or three, resided in the immediate neighborhood of the Pearl House, the Austin American statesman reported in November 1888. So back then, they were assuming it was him. And there's an, there's also a theory that this Maurice, or whoever the guy was that was doing all these murders, when he stopped... It only was a couple years later when Jack the Ripper turned up in London. Yeah, so, you know, they've been trying to figure out who Jack the Ripper is forever. And any serial killer at this era is kind of thrown into there as a possibility. Because wasn't H.H. Holmes also thought to maybe be at one point? Yeah, because H.H. Holmes comes out later in during World the World's Fair in Chica- Chicago, right? Chicago yeah. World's Fair, uh, and ends yep. up, he's you know turns up to be this psycho that kills, and we have to cover him too, man, for one of our episodes. Oh, yeah. Well, but he's yeah, also he's again considered, much later. Yeah, yeah, he's also considered America's first serial killer, but you know, it depends on I guess which book you're reading. Yeah, uh, last part I wanted to put out here says author Shelley Harrison also believes that the Annihilator and the Ripper are one and the same, though she names the Liverpool cotton merchant James Maybrick instead of the Malaysian chef Maurice. It's an interesting hypothesis described in her book, Jack the Ripper, The American Connection. According to Maybrick's own purported journals, which included confessions of killing prostitutes as well as a page signed Jack the Ripper, Maybrick was in Austin on the dates of the Annihilator murders. Another detail that could point to an English Annihilator, Maybrick died, likely of arsenic and strychnine poisoning, possibly administered by his wife in May 1889 after both series of murders ended, or perhaps why they ended, right? Yeah, one or the other. But yeah, dude, I had never heard of this guy. Never heard of they. He's known as the the Axe Man of Austin, uh, the the Servant Girl Murders, or the Servant Girl Annihilator. Never had heard so, this story before, and it was because only a couple of years later, Jack the Ripper just comes on the scene, and it's just such a bigger deal because of yeah, the, I mean, it takes the world by storm. The taunting letters, Scotland Yard. Yeah. You know, it was a, it's a big deal. You this just gets swept under the rug. Never heard about it again. Yeah, I, I've never heard of this one. Uh, how many people end up losing their lives to this person? Eight. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's more. That's that's about more than the uh, Jack the Ripper, right? Yeah, the Ripper was like five, I think. Exactly. There were two girls that I didn't um, talk about, but two girls earlier, Clara Strand and Christine Martinson, they were two Swedish servant girls. Uh, were seriously wounded on the night of March 19th, 1885. A lot of people attribute this to him as well. However, they got away. Um, there was also this other thing that I wanted to put out there. Uh, the killer was variously reported to have been white or dark complexioned or a yellow man. Like there was no nobody could say what this guy looked like. One of these yeah. women, when she was murdered, she was murdered in front of her two children. 
And it was such wow. a horrific, uh, like uh, such a horrific thing that when the the authorities were asking them, the children, if they could help, you know, give them any kind of information, they were so in shock they couldn't give him anything. They were it was such a horrific thing to witness. Well, that's that's just a giant tragedy. I, yeah. it's, it's it is fascinating that the uh, Jack the Ripper kind of took over everything, and you never really heard about this one. Yeah, it, I mean, even here in America. And it's interesting, too. It really is interesting to think, like, what if that's the case? What if it's the same guy, you know? Because that wasn't a big deal back in those days. You slip out of a town, you get yourself to a port on a steamer, go to another country. They don't know where you're coming from. They don't know what you... You just tell them what you used to do in the old country, and they just take it for for face value. Yeah. Yeah. And th- and these do sound as violent, if not more so, than the Ripper killing, so... Oh, Yeah. So interesting, interesting little yeah. piece that I, I I thought um not really even that's odd, just more along the lines of like I can't believe we didn't I've never heard of it before in my life until you know July of 2017. Yeah, yeah, we're way behind, <laughs> <laughs> way behind on my news. What do you got for me, man? Well, we're gonna stay in Texas. Ooh. We're gonna go to Honey Grove, Texas, 1893. Oh, can I say one more thing before we go out there? You sure can. Sorry about that. Uh, ten years later, in Austin, Texas, uh, it was actually took ten years for them to start erecting them. But because of this, because of these murders, there was a lot of uproar on how to keep uh, the city itself safe and the and the thriving, booming capital of Texas. Uh, so, have you ever heard of the Austin Moon Towers? There's like, I, th- I think so. Yeah, They're famous, right? I believe there's like twenty something of them. But yeah, they they were erected ten years later, and a lot of them say it's attributed to. to the annihilator because of it so if you're in the austin area and uh you know what the moon towers are uh send us an email or something tell us give us some more info on that i'd like to know a little bit more about that yeah that's that's kind of fascinating in a way moon towers. i mean that's one one person can really uh influence a whole city yeah no kidding i know so what in a very negative way <laughs> yeah so what year does yours take place so we're going to honey grove texas it's 1893 so like four or five years later yeah, it's not too much longer. And there's a man named Henry Zieglin, and he just got engaged. But this engagement doesn't last very long. Uh, for whatever reason, I actually couldn't ever find the details. He decides that he doesn't actually want to get married to this lady, and he breaks off the engagement. Mm. Now, back then, that's a much, much bigger deal than that is now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a humongous deal. It's almost like a slap in the face to people, to a whole family even. Uh, so this... This just breaks his fiance's heart. She is heartbroken. She can't even contain herself to the point where she doesn't want to live anymore and she kills herself. Oh, no. So that she had a brother and the brother is understandably irate. He's very, very angry and he wants revenge and he wants it now. So he grabs himself a gun Uh and he hunts down Henry. Now, he finds Henry at his house, uh, and I, I'm assuming they're outside because of where the story's going to go. I can actually see where the actual crime happened, but the brother turns up. Now, it's, so far, this sounds like a really uh, sad soap opera because somebody lost their life, mm-hmm. but then there's a revenge, and then there was a, you know, there was a fiancé and all this stuff involved, but the brother finally finds Henry, picks up his gun, and shoots Henry, shoots him right then and there. And then he thinks that Henry's dead, that he come and did what he wanted to do. So he decides what he's going to do is he's going to turn the gun on himself 
Oh, man. And he does so, and he adds to the tragedy of that day, and he takes his own life. So we've got at least two people dead, and I say just two people because Henry somehow survived this. When he shoot, when he shot at Henry, the bullet actually just grazed him. Apparently, it was enough to knock him down, and it actually went into a tree. The bullet lodged itself into a tree, went past Henry into a tree. So Henry survives, and you got to feel pretty lucky, right? I mean, somebody shoots you almost point blank, and you live somehow. Yeah. So Henry feels like he's the luckiest guy in the whole town of Hunting Grove, Texas. And Henry never leaves Hunting Grove, Texas. He stays there his whole life. And we're going to fast forward. We're going to go 20 years later. Henry still le- Thank you. Henry still lives... At the very same place. He never, ever moved. No way. Yeah. He never moved. I would have moved. Yeah. <laughs> Started a new life somewhere. Yeah. Somebody, you know, somebody, uh, my former fiance killed herself and then her brother shot at me and then killed himself. Yeah. I'm, I'm gone. I'm sorry. I don't want to be anywhere near that. No kidding. And I would feel very guilty personally, but that's me. Uh, so it's 20 years later. You know, Chris, when you live somewhere for a long time. Every once in a while, you want to change some things about the place you live. Like, maybe you want to... It could be as small as moving furniture around in your house. Okay. Or as big as uh, doing some yard work. Uh-huh. I think I know where we're point, going. Or maybe, maybe you want to take a tree down. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Because, you know, trees, at some point... I love trees. But at some point, trees get really old and actually become a hazard because they could fall yeah. or, or whatever. It, they could become dangerous. It's a mercy killing. Yeah. Yeah, so Henry knows he needs to take this tree down. Yeah. Now, Chris, when I say you want to take a tree down, what would be the first way you would think to do so? Okay, what year are we talking? This is the uh, this is twenty years after eighteen ninety three, so early nineteen hundreds. They don't have chainsaws yet, because that's my first thing as a chainsaw. So what an axe, right? Is that how they chop trees down? Back or the big saws, the ones that you got one guy on one end, the other guy on the end, back and forth. Right. Yes. That's what you would think. Okay. But Henry decides that he's going to use explosives. Because <laughs> that's the smart way to do it. <laughs> All okay. right. Oh, All right. I so see he puts it. explosives I see around. <laughs> I see it. He puts, ex- he puts explosives around this tree. <laughs> oh, no. He lights them up. No. Boom. The explosion goes off. Got rid of the tree, right? He- it got rid of the tree, but what it also did is this explosion, the bullet was still in the tree. Oh it was God. still lodged in the tree, and it shoots the bullet out. The explosion was so major, it shoots the bullet out towards Henry, hits him in the head, and Henry falls over dead. Get out. So 20 years later, that bullet that was meant for Henry gets him. That is insane. Now, it's it's really important for me to say this part. This is a very well-known story, especially in Texas. It's It's been published in many, many books. I saw it in at least three books just trying to research this thing. But it's very important to say that there's no official uh, source of this. So we don't know for sure how much truth is in this story. It's really, I wanted to make sure that I said that. Okay. But literally, you can read it all. I have a book here at my house that has this published in it. There's that's how I actually. And here's the I've thing. seen it a bunch of times. Yeah, that's the thing I was gonna say. This, I if it was the first time I'd ever heard of something is this crazy happening, I'd say you know there's no way. But I've heard of things like this before, not specifically this story, but one of these things. You know what I mean? Where it was almost yeah. like the person couldn't escape 
the fate. And yeah, it's like Final Destination. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what it's like, dude. That is insane. What was yeah? What, so the twenty years later, he dies. What was his name again? Henry Zieglin, and that's Z I E G L A N D. Wow, boy, this is a, a Texas a Texas centric show uh, this afternoon. So we have listeners out in Texas, out in Austin, out in any of these areas, and you know these stories well. Uh, I'd love to hear feedback. I'd love to get some emails from you guys. Uh, send it to historycreeppodcast at gmail dot com. Um, I love it, dude. These are th- this that was a good story, really good story. Yeah, I think both of these were really interesting. Uh, I can't wait for the next that's on. I'm going to go ahead and tease it. Uh oh, I got a I got a great one. I believe I'm very happy with this one. It's very tragic, actually. It's really tragic, but it's beyond interesting. Huh. Now I'm I'm ready to go. Let's hit pause on this and then record a new episode so I can just so all I can right. hear it I'm, now. Okay, I'm going to pretend I already did all the research then. <laughs> just make stuff up. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, man. Uh, you want to just start closing out the show then? Let the people know where we're going where they can find us. Yeah, you can find me uh, at Johnnyism28. That's on Instagram. That's where I put my art and such. I'm an artist. Please come buy some art for me. Uh, also, I do another show. It's called Retro Blitzed. And that's with my buddy Trevor. We're talking about old school video games. It's on this very same network, along with History Creeps. Oh, yeah. I also do another podcast, Back Issues Comic Book Podcast, on our network, BICBP-radio.com. Check it out. You'll find all of those shows uh, that we've been mentioning on there, as well as a few new other ones coming out. Head over to iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you follow us, uh, subscribe, rate, and comment. Let us know how we're doing. History Creeps is also on Facebook. Give us a follow. Stay on top of our newest episodes when they come out and some of the craziest little articles we find that update the stories or uh, other topics that we've talked about on the show. You are also on Instagram. I've been saying it for a while. I need to get it updated. But it is uh, History Creeps on Instagram. Johnny, it's a good show, man. I think so. And as always, Chris... We invite the listeners to just stay on. Uh...